0: All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Welcome to Beyond the Paradigm with me, Paul. Well, there was some audio from The Matrix, what a film that is. I've actually not watched it for quite a considerable time. I'm definitely going to have to be watching that over the next few days. But you're probably thinking, why is this podcast starting off with some audio from The Matrix? when the title to the episode is called the Mandela Effect well all will become apparent as we go on in this episode what if I told you that you could not trust your own memory and that many things that you may have believed were true since your childhood are simply not as you remember them in this episode we are going to explore this phenomenon known as the Mandela Effect we're going to look at its history and some of the most popular examples of it we will also discuss the possible explanations for this phenomenon and its implications so what is the Mandela Effect? well the Mandela Effect is a phenomenon where a large group of people remembers an event or a fact differently from how it actually happened that's it in simple terms. It is named after Nelson Mandela the former president of South Africa who many people had believed to have died in prison in the 1980s even though he actually passed away in 2013 the term was coined by a paranormal researcher Fiona Broom, who first noticed this phenomenon in 2009. Fiona Broom noticed this Mandela effect, what she then called it that, but it wasn't called that before. She noticed this when she attended a convention called the Dragon Kong Convention. And she discovered that a significant number of people shared her memory that Nelson Mandela had died in prison during the 1980s. She was sat in a a green room along with some of the other speakers at the conference when the discussion arose regarding Nelson Mandela and a considerable portion of the speakers said they remember Nelson Mandela's funeral on the TV in the 1980s. Some of them even described how it was a three-day event and they remember the widow Winnie Mandela speaking on TV at the funeral. However, as we know, Nelson Mandela actually died in 2013. But Fiona Broom coined the term Mandela Effect to describe this collective false memory. And she actually started a website to record other examples of this phenomenon. Broom believed that the Mandela effect was not a false memory, but rather evidence parallel realities existing or a glitch in the simulation of our universe. Nonetheless, the Mandela Effect remains a fascinating case study in the quirks of human memory and the power of social influence. Apparently, misremembering events and facts is quite common. Other people related to Fiona Broom in remembering things not exactly in the way that they had happened. Um, from spellings of their favourite snack brands all the way to important events that happened the year they were born needless to say no one is exempt from being stumped by the strange occurrences and some even go as far as believe them of some sort of proof um, of an alternate reality or alternative realities so what are some of the characteristics of the Mandela effect well one major characteristic that differentiates between the Mandela effect and conspiracy theories is that the Mandela effect does not attempt to make or find any answers. Other, more specific characteristics of the Mandela effect include the occurrence of false memories, false contextualization of an event that occurred, ignorance of linguistics or remembering words spelled incorrectly and distortion of existing memories. Most of the time, memories of events or objects that are subjected to the Mandela effects are not significant enough to alter the course of human history, if they were true. However, they are profound enough that they could create a panic amongst people who are struggling to come to terms with the truth. So what are some of the common effects from Uh, mandela effects from pop culture well one probably more familiar to our friends in the united states would be what's called the berenstein bears many people remember the children's book series as berenstein bears spelt with an e but it is actually spelled berenstein bears with an a that's not one hour remember However, I know there's a lot of people in the United States when I've been doing my research remember this one and being spelled with the E rather than the A. There's also another one uh, called the Shazam movie. This is not one that I remember, but this is also a common one and it's quite a mind-blowing one. Many people remember a movie called Shazam starring an actor and comedian called Simbad. And he was the genie in this film Shazam. Now I know there's a film called Shazam now. But this is not the film I'm talking about. Um, This one's from the 1990s. And this is one of the most popular examples of the Mandela Effect. And it's got many people debating the actual existence of the movie. And others claim, even the actor himself claimed that it never existed And there's been many explanations as to why people seem to remember the American stand-up comedian Sinbad starring as this genie in the 1990s film going by the name of Shazam. I have even heard podcasts of people who describe seeing the film and they're convinced it did exist. Now, there's also a two-minute clip on YouTube of the film, but whether it's a hoax or not, I'm not certain. If you go on there and search it, you can make your own mind up. And I've also seen a video on TikTok of someone who takes a VHS tape out of a safe and when they take it out, it's this Shazam movie with Sinbad on the front cover. And The film obviously says Shazam on the front. He's there. They remove the tape out of the sleeve and it says Shazam on the sticker on the VHS tape. It could have been faked, but I'm just saying that there's things out there like that. Um, the following explanations um, are the possible reasons to the answer, whether this is a Mandela effect or not. And most of these explanations consist of false memory claims. So there was a movie actually named Kazam, which was released in 1996. And this was starring Shaquille O'Neal as the genie. And many believe um, that people are confusing this movie with the one they claim to star Simbad called Shazam. However, many people claim, remember watching both movies and preferring the Shazam movie over the Kazam movie. Because they say that the Kazam movie was poorly written in comparison and that it was known for being a, a rip-off of Shazam. Simbad came forward stating that he starred in a skit where he was dressed as a genie, and claimed that this must be the explanation. However, many people still claim that Simbad starred in a feature-length movie as the genie. In the comedy cartoon American Dad, Simbad voiced a genie-like character, which may claim many may claim um could be the explanation to this why people are remembering Simbad being in this film shazam people also claim that it's confusion because of Simbad the sailor another claim is that all shazam copies were destroyed after a legal dispute with the writers of kazam or dc comics um, since they have a character named Shazam Or that Simbad was simply embarrassed by the movie And refuses to acknowledge it exists So what about this one Mirror mirror on the wall Many people remember the famous line from Snow White Mirror mirror on the wall But that's not correct The actual line is magic mirror on the wall I asked my wife about this I said what's the line and she repeated the line mirror mirror on the wall when I told her she was wrong she looked perplexed and maybe you yourselves now are thinking that's not correct Paul well just let me play the audio for you now what wouldst thou know my queen magic mirror who is the fairest one of them? There you go. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? I've got to be honest with you. I actually thought it was mirror mirror on the wall as well. I wasn't dogmatic about it. I just sort of had this notion in my head that that's what it was. Let me ask you a question. What colour was C-3PO out of Star Wars? Do you remember him as being all gold? Well he isn't all gold. He actually has one silver leg. It is his right leg from the knee down. I'm referring to the original trilogy. Not, not that rubbish that's been released since. The original trilogy. But many people think that C3PO is actually all gold and he's not. What about this one? Luke, I am your father many people remember Darth Vader saying Luke I am your father in the Empire Strikes Back when the actual line is no I am your father many people misquote this but I know for a fact that Darth says no I am your father and Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars film so I'm actually now going to play you the real exchange to show you that Darth Vader doesn't say Luke, he says, no, I am your father. If you only knew the power of a dark side, only one never told you what happened to your father. He told me it now. He told me you'll him. No. I am your father. best twist in any film ever by none so what about this next one there are many matrix memes that begin with what if I told you and, and this is supposed to be a quote from the movie in the scene where Morpheus is speaking to Neo before he offers him the choice between the red or the blue pill however Morpheus never says the line what if i told you in the movie despite it being a popular meme and a common false memory many people have who have seen this film the line is believed to be a paraphrased interpretation of a scene from the movie where morpheus says unfortunately no one can be told what the matrix is you have to see it from yourself The what if I told you line has become part of the Matrix meme culture and is often associated with Morpheus but it is not the actual quote from the movie. Here is the scene from the movie where this paraphrase is taken from. Unfortunately no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. You have to see it for yourself, absolutely. Beam me up Scotty is a catchphrase and a misquotation that is made its way into popular culture from the science fiction television series, Star Trek, the original series. It comes from the command Captain Kirk gives his chief engineer, Montgomery, Scotty Scott, when he needs to be transported back to the starship Enterprise. Though it has become irrevocably associated with the series and films, the exact phrase was never actually spoken in any Star Trek television episode or film. this next one has actually personally blown my mind to the point where I was actually sat waiting for a train at work and my head was so fried by it I actually developed a headache believe it or not and I couldn't think about anything else all day Looney tunes people often remember the cartoon classic series as not loony tunes as in music But Looney Tunes. But apparently it's actually spelled Looney Tunes. Now I do not remember at all it ever being called Looney Tunes. I even remember saying to my mum when I was younger in the 1980s. I asked her, I said, Mum why are they called Looney Tunes? What is Tunes? I said to her. And she said it's because they are cartoons. Cartoons. Hmm, that makes sense to me now. So, on that day, when I was doing the research regarding the Mandela effect, and I was reading some of the pop culture Mandela effects which I talked about in the last segment, and I read that Looney Tunes was always Looney Tunes, it absolutely baffled me because I have no memory of it ever being called Looney Tunes. So, I even messaged my wife I texted her and I said to her what do you remember it as I thought she's definitely gonna say to me oh yeah loony tunes well to my utter amazement and shock she actually said to me no I remember it being tunes and not tunes I couldn't I couldn't believe it I mean she even got my son to send me a whatsapp picture of his dvd box set which said looney tunes now i knew he'd had that but i also in the back of my mind sort of remember a conversation i had with my wife a while back some years ago now saying why is it called tunes and i sort of remember her saying to him eh, it's like the modern version they've changed it but but she says we never had such a conversation and i've been on some forums And there were many people saying on there, they remember, when they were growing up, that it was Looney Tunes. And one person even said they had a VHS tape that said Looney Tunes on it. So someone else commented and said, well, show us the picture then. So on the next comment, whoever this person were, they'd uploaded the image of the back of the VHS tape. And they circled it. And on the back it said Looney Tunes Space Jam. It was a VHS from 2001. So I sent the picture to my wife. But she said to me well yeah but that's different because that's Space Jam. And it's called Looney Tunes Space Jam. There's a scene though in the new Flash movie. And in the background on what looks like a a computer monitor. There's actually an image. And it is the image. And when you when you zoom in on it. I'm going to put these pictures on my Instagram by the way. And you can look at Instagram. Uh, my Instagram account. And it's Paradigm1979. These images. They're going to be on there. And in the background. It has Looney Tunes. On this monitor. In this new Flash movie. So clearly the people. Who are making the film or whatever. Someone also. Remembers it as Looney Tunes and not Looney Tunes And it was actually making me question Am I going insane? Or even to the point where I'm thinking Has there been some kind of switch? Like what happened in the book and film 1984? In George Orwell's novel in 1984 There's discussion of a change in external enemies Eurasia, which is formerly a reviled enemy becomes an ally and East Asia, which was previously an ally becomes the new enemy I think in in the scene, on the film there are um, like a rally and Winston the main characters there and then all of a sudden the, the guy speaking changes what he's saying about the enemies which is Enemy, one from Eurasia, then to East Asia, and all the banners change. No one else seems to notice but Winston. And this change is part of the party's propaganda efforts to keep the population in a state of perpetual war and fear, and which helps to maintain their control over uh, society. So, like I said, it's not even Um, noticed by anyone else but Winston and the idea of changing enemies without anyone noticing is a common theme in dystopian literature and it highlights the power of propaganda and the dangers of a government that controls information and in 1984 the party's ability to manipulate reality and erase history is a key aspect of their control over society Overall, the change in enemies in 1984 is a significant plot point that highlights the party's propaganda efforts and their ability to control the population's perception of reality. The idea of changing enemies without anyone noticing is a powerful commentary on the dangers of government control and the importance of critical thinking and independent thought. I bet you're thinking, well, that's a bit overboard when you're just talking about Looney Tunes and Looney Tunes. But like I said, this one's really perplexed me. And I'm certain if any of uh, you guys actually look into the Mandela Effect, you're going to probably discover at least one thing that you misremember where you're scratching your head thinking, I remember it as this, and they're saying it's actually this. So what's actually going on? What are the theories... Surrounding the Mandela effect, well, I'm going to look at a few. Let's start with false memory. This is the most straightforward explanation for the Mandela effect, is that it's a type of false memory. False memories can occur when people are exposed to misinformation, leading them to remember events or details that did not actually happen false memory is a cognitive function in which we remember events that never happened or remember them differently when they actually occurred a 2020 memory study found that 76 percent of adults made at least one false memory when asked to recall information priming is a psychological phenomenon in which exposure to a stimulus influences a person's response to a subsequent stimulus for example if a person is primed with a word related to sleep they may be more likely to remember a dream they had the previous night there's also misinterpretation and this occurs when a person misunderstands or misinterprets a stimulus when it is the first that's introduced and this can lead to a false memory or a distorted memory of the event suggestion also suggestion occurs when a person is influenced by the suggestions of others for example if a person hears someone else describe an event in a certain way they may be more likely to remember the event in that way as well There's emotional factors which can also play a role in the formation of false memories. For example, if an event is an emotionally charged event, a person may be more likely to remember it in a distorted way. There's also what's called confabulation, which some doctors believe that the Mandela effect is a form of confabulation, where a person creates a false memory to fill in gaps in their memory they are not as some believe creating memories to lie or deceive there's also perception bias this theory suggests that the mandela effect is a result of perception bias where people remember events or details based on their own biases and expectations there's also social influence some researchers believe that the mandela effect is a result of social influence where people's memories are influenced by the memories of others however there's some even more mind-blowing theories as to the reason for the mandela effect In the last segment I mentioned some more mind-blowing theories that I would be talking about So the first one that I'm going to talk about is Alternate Realities This theory suggests that the Mandela Effect is evidence of a parallel universe or universes or alternate realities According to this theory people are remembering events from a different reality or or a different timeline while there is no scientific evidence to support the existence of alternate realities some proponents of the Mandela effect believe that it could be the evidence of shifting between parallel universes they suggest that our timeline is in a constant state of flux and we may be shifting in and out of closely aligned universes the multiverse theory related to this is a theory where the claim is made that there are multiple universes created by what is called the multiverse generator. However, this is simply another theory that is made up by fallen mankind to try and get away from the fact that the universe is intelligently designed and displays the fingerprints of God all over it. It's another attempt by mankind to run away from the fact that we are morally accountable to God Even if there were multiple universes It doesn't mean that there is no creator In fact it simply means that the creator has created multiple universes As this would not be beyond a maximally great being which we call God God's knowledge and power are not limited the universe includes the entire created order including the most distant galaxies and the tiniest subatomic particles the bible doesn't teach that there is an alternate creation outside of God's created universe just as there is only one God there is only one universe having discerned two major difficulties in the multiverse philosophy one metaphysical and the other moral C.S. Lewis placed the dualistic idea of another universe outside of Christianity another writer Vladimir Moss in agreement with Lewis says that we cannot escape from the reality and moral responsibility by claiming that there is any other reality in any other world Another theory that has been postulated to explain the Mandela Effect is time travel and some people say that the Mandela Effect is actually evidence of time travel. According to this theory, time travellers have gone back in time and changed events leading to the creation of false memories in people's minds. While there is no scientific evidence to support the existence of time travel, some people believe that the Mandela Effect could be caused by changes made to the timeline through time travel. However, if in theory you had a time traveller who went back, say, I don't know, 100 years or 40, 50 years, every interaction that they could completely... Change history. So every small interaction that they have could completely change history. For example, let's say a time traveller goes back and during his mission, whatever he's doing there, he meets my dad. And he ends up in just a conversation with my dad, just some small talk, which causes my dad to miss a bus, for example. And because my dad misses this boss, he doesn't meet my mum. Therefore, he doesn't meet my mum. I'm not born. I'm not doing this podcast. I'm not speaking to you. I don't exist. I don't have any children. Therefore, any future grandchildren wouldn't be in existence and great-grandchildren and etc. So you can see how a simple interaction could have massive consequences for the future. But is time travel actually realistic? Well, although humans can't hop in and into a time machine and go back in time we do know that clocks on airplanes and satellites travel at a different speed than those on Earth and we all travel in time. We travel one year in time between birthdays for example and we are all travelling in time at approximately the same speed of 1 second per second. NASA's Space Telescope also gives us a way to look back in time. Telescopes help us see stars and galaxies that are very far away. It takes a long time for the light from a far away galaxy to reach us. So when we're looking into the sky with a telescope we are seeing what those stars and galaxies looked like a very long time ago. However, when we think of the phrase time travel we are usually thinking of travelling faster than one second per second. That kind of time travel sounds like something you'd only see in movies or science fiction books. But could it be real? Well, the answer is Actually, yes. More than a 100 years ago, the famous scientist Albert Einstein came up with an idea about how time works. And he called it the theory of relativity. This theory says that time and space are linked together. Einstein also said our universe has a speed limit. Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light which travels at 186,000 miles per second what does this mean for time travel? well according to this theory the faster you travel the slower you experience time scientists have done some experiments to show that this is true for example there was an experiment that used two clocks set to the exact same time one clock stayed on earth while the other flew in an aeroplane going in the same direction in which the earth rotates after the aeroplane flew around the world scientists compared the two clocks the clock on the fast moving aeroplane was slightly behind the clock on the ground so the clock on the aeroplane was travelling slightly slower in time than one second per second We can't use a time machine to travel hundreds of years into the past or future. That kind of time travel only happens in books and movies. But the maths of time travel does affect the things we use every day. For example, we use GPS satellites to help us figure out how to get to new places. NASA scientists also use high accuracy versions of GPS to keep track of where satellites are in space. But the GPS relies on time travel calculations to help us get around. GPS satellites orbit the Earth very quickly at about 8,700 miles per hour. This slows down GPS satellite clocks by a small fraction of a second, similar to the aeroplane example I was speaking about. However, the satellites are also orbiting the Earth at about 12,550 miles above the surface. This actually speeds up the GPS satellite clocks by a slightly larger fraction of a second. So here's how Einstein's theory also says that gravity curves space and time causing the passage of time to slow down. High up where the satellites orbit, Earth's gravity is much weaker. This causes the clocks on the GPS satellites to run faster than clocks on the ground. The combined result is that clocks on GPS satellites experience time at a rate slightly faster than 1 second per second. Fortunately scientists can use maths to correct these differences in time. If scientists didn't correct the GPS clocks there would be big problems. GPS satellites wouldn't be able to correctly calculate their position or yours. The errors would add up to a few miles each day which is a big deal. GPS maps might think your home is nowhere near where it actually is. So to summarise Yes, time travel is indeed a real thing, but it's not quite what you've probably seen in the movies. Under certain conditions, it is possible to experience time passing at a different rate than one second per second. And there are important reasons why we need to understand this real world form of time travel. Now, The Bible doesn't mention humans travelling throughout time There are several instances in the Bible that mention that God has an understanding of time that is non-linear. This means that God is independent of time. This does not necessarily mean that God is time-travelling, but it does mean that God sees time in a way that surpasses our own understanding of it. Sometimes God will allow his people to have visions which permits them to see future events, like he did with John in Revelation, and Daniel in the later chapters of the book of Daniel there are arguments that the visions of John which he experienced in Revelation were time travel because he saw events that will accompany the apocalypse. The simulation theory is a theory that suggests that we are living in a computer simulation and that the Mandela effect is evidence of glitches in the simulation According to this theory, the false memories are a result of errors in the programming. Some people believe that the Mandela Effect is the evidence that we are living in this simulated reality and the simulation theory suggests that our reality is a computer generated simulation which is created by a super powerful computer from a far-fetched future time. According to this theory, everything around us including ourselves is part of a simulation. The simulation hypothesis is based on a mathematical foundation which has been investigated in various studies. The simulation theory is a topic of debate among scientists and philosophers. While some people believe that we are living in a simulated reality, others have debunked this theory. And here are some of the reasons why the simulation theory is not valid. The simulation hypothesis is based on scientific theories and concepts derived from our experience of the world. However, if we accept the simulation hypothesis, then we acquire a defeater for all of our empirical and scientific beliefs christian philosopher james anderson states that the simulation hypothesis itself is based on scientific theories and concepts derived from our experiences of the world it is predicated at least in part on what we take to be empirical scientific knowledge or what our brains are and do what computers are and do etc But if we accept the simulation hypothesis, then we acquire a defeater for all of our empirical beliefs and thus for all of our scientific beliefs. Simply put, if the simulation hypothesis is true, we can't trust the science on which the simulation hypothesis is based, in which case it would be irrational to believe the simulation hypothesis. It looks like the simulation hypothesis has a deeply self-defeating character to it. Faulty logic. Mathematician John Bartlett argues that the simulation theory relies on faulty logic. He points out that the technology required to simulate physical reality in a virtual environment Would create a chain of simulations making it more likely that we are living in reality rather than an actual simulation. Also there is technological limitations, the technology required to simulate physical reality in a virtual environment is not yet available. And it may never be possible to simulate the universe completely. Also the lack of falsifiable prediction. The simulation hypothesis does not arrive at a falsifiable prediction which means that we can't really test or disprove it and hence it's not even worth seriously investigating. Furthermore, unmodelable physics. Scientists have discovered that it is impossible to model the physics of our universe on even the most powerful computers. This suggests that our universe cannot be accurately simulated casting doubt on the simulation hypothesis. The Bible indicates that our earthly lives are only part of a larger whole and there is a real reality above and beyond what we experience on a day-to-day basis. The Bible says our reality is created and designed and yet most who support the simulation theory reject the idea of God and the afterlife or other spiritual concepts by definition those who see evidence of simulation of reality are literally arguing for a designer this makes the simulation hypothesis in a sense an argument for intelligent design because it points That the very nature of our universe suggests deliberate and intentional arrangement. The Bible directly tells us our universe was created. It indicates that God thinks and functions in a way above our own. The Bible makes it clear that God is not subject to the laws that govern the natural universe. Mankind, according to the Bible, has a destiny that extends beyond the reality we currently know and there is a spiritual realm which is somehow distinct from the realm we ordinarily perceive the bible also indicates that we are more than physical and that there is something more real than what we see or experience here on earth biblically The question of reality being a simulation comes down to terminology. Debating over whether or not reality is simulated or created. Is somewhat like debating whether a piece of clay was formed or shaped. Or whether or not Pluto is a planet. Ultimately both terms simulated and created imply That the universe that we experience was purposefully arranged by something beyond our own reality. Christianity teaches that there is a higher form of existence than our universe and that the world we live in was purposefully arranged by God. By definition any meaningful evidence of simulation in reality would prove an intelligent designer. Psalm 19 verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I'm still perplexed as to why I believe that Looney Tunes was Looney Tunes. To the point where the next time I'm in a charity shop or a car boot sale I am going to have a look through the VHS's to see if I can find a Looney Tunes tape and if I do I will be posting a picture on my Instagram the Mandela effect is a fascinating topic as large groups of people do have alternate memories of many things and it will be a phenomena that continues to perplex scientists and philosophers thanks for listening if you're liking this podcast please leave me a five-star review and click the follow button this rabbit hole was deep i'm paul and this is beyond the paradigm